Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdog is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. Eagles fans are finally starting to hear from some of these players and the new coaching staff in the past couple of weeks. It's been exciting to see the videos of the guys returning to the NovaCare Complex, and I personally cannot wait. I don't think my audio is working. You don't hear it? Um, it no, it's no, working. it's working. Sorry, I'll I'll, okay. I'll edit I'll edit this after. So. <laughs> No, no problem. I was like, wait a minute. Is my audio working? I'm just going to restart so that this is easier. Shit. Anyway. It's like testing, testing. This is the glamorous side that people don't see of what we do, you know? Right. <laughs> okay. Who wants to edit? Not me. I don't want to, but uh, sometimes yeah, I, sometimes I got, it. Um, you got to. All right. So I'm going to restart because I was like, wait, is my audio working? I, I can't tell. Okay. It, it is working. So we're ready. Okay. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. Eagles fans are finally starting to hear from some of the players and the new coaching staff in the past few weeks. It's been exciting to see the videos of the guys returning to the NovaCare Complex, and I personally cannot wait to get back to the link this coming season. I've gotten to meet a lot of you fans at the tailgate, so excited, and uh, people from Twitter that I've gotten along with over the over the years, but I still have one I'm very much looking forward to meeting in person one day. Until then, she agreed to come on the Kelly Green Show today to talk about this very changing team, Miss AJ Jones. How are you doing, AJ? Hi, Kelly Green. How are you? Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I'm so excited to have you. I mean, there's so much to talk about with this team. It's a never-ending conversation. I feel like every day there's something new to kind of focus on or pay attention to Um, certainly the feeling I've had over the past, you know, few months is trying to reduce my optimism because I'm always looking at the positive side and everybody seems to be down (laughs) on this 2022 or 2021 Eagles team. So yeah, I've been trying to buffer myself saying, okay, slow down on being optimistic, you know? Um, So I've been resisting my optimism about the capabilities of this this team, but um, I'm starting to lose that ability to, um, resist the optimism it's building in me i can feel it already i'm feeling like this team could could make me surprised despite the media perception do you think last year's record is taking into is taken into more consideration of what the 2021 eagles team can be versus looking at the context and the injuries the team sustained in 2020 well i tell you one thing this is for the record, this is the first time as a fan, I have not looked back on the previous season through the YouTube clips and to look at what they need because it was just dreck. And it didn't make me feel positive with all the changes that needed to be done. I mean, I'm still one of those people who 
I'm I'm still mourning Wentz because I still felt like there was more to do, but I understand it. Um, I'm not one of these people who's not welcoming Jalen Hurts either. It's more just like it was a quick transition, it felt like, but yet there's still a lot of questions unanswered. Um, but it, I don't think it will reflect this season in the sense that we're obviously flipping the page with a whole new coaching staff. And I think that what's going to carry over is everything that never really got away to finish itself off from with the pandemic, with the uneven prep for the beginning of the 2020 season. There was just a lot of things that were off last year that were out of the Eagles' control, that was out of the NFL's control from the draft on. So I think this year should just basically just scream clean slate because we as fans have no patience whatsoever, but we all know we have to accept the reality that this team is going to be a <laughs> a copy and paste type of team, but at the same time it could be exciting because now the new energy from you know, players that didn't get to really do a full season, you know, i.e. some of the wide receivers that we saw, like Quez Watkins came out of nowhere um, <laughs> when Alshon decided to participate <laughs> and had the most <laughs> late-ass touchdowns. <laughs> but I think that what this year is going to signify is why it's important to be patient with your squad when they're flipping into a new regime. Um, new life doesn't have to necessarily, see, necessarily mean it's going to be horrible but we're not good with change. I know I'm not. So it's very hard to kind of flip the page when everything in social media shows every freaking thing that happens and you have to kind of grow with it. I think this year is just basically another level of patience where you have to just let everything gel. We all want Jalen to take off. We all want um, Devontae to take off, but you have to realize there's a, there's an importance in chemistry and synergy and it may not all fit right away. But yeah, am I excited for preseason? Yes, because now I really want to see how the rookies gel to what Jalen's going to interject because we only got a taste of that in the Saints game last season. Oh, it's so true. So. I mean, even in the Cardinals game, he was fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, when we look at the small sample size of Jalen Hurts, we really don't know what Sirianni has up his sleeve in terms of uh, utilizing the wide receivers to create a different scheme than what we've been seeing. And I'm... I'm hearing, you know, the players talk about their same terminology used from what mm -hmm. they are used to, which is good. I think that makes the transition right. even easier um, right. because, you know, he's coming from the Frank Reich tree of uh, coaching, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, he brought what he understood and learned from Peterson to the Colts. And, you know, that's how Sirianni is really – you know, bringing it back to Philadelphia. I mean, that kind of right. is intriguing to see so many of those young guys like you were mentioning. I mean, those guys, it hurt to see the injuries in 2020, but we got to Ugh. see some of these young guys play. I mean, yeah. Jake, um, Jack Driscoll and Herbig mm -hmm. and guys like that probably wouldn't make the field uh, anytime, but they ha had good games. Like, you right. just worried about their ability to stay healthy. Um, yeah. But it's nice to be able to, even in a hard down season like that was, we got to see some of these younger guys like Hightower had some flashes. We saw Watkins, yep. make, you know, make that great play. I'm pretty mm -hmm. what what game was that in? I'm trying to remember what um, touchdown. It was towards the end because I feel like and if it wasn't for you, like I said, this whole year was a blur. Yeah. 
I couldn't I recall. I tried right to now, forget, to be honest, but yeah, exactly. That's probably why I don't remember which game. I know there were certain some games in those in those four wins that had a lot of good plays, but there were some of the games they lost where they were great plays. So it's kind of a blur. Yeah, we saw Fulgham um, come out, um, you know. Fulgham and then disappear. Yeah, he disappeared. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of intriguing to see what they yes. will be bringing this year because we got to see flashes. Um, flashes yes. won't sustain your success, but it does mean right. that there's something there that, you know, could potentially turn into a legitimate player. And so that's exciting to me. Um, I think for me, the media perception of this team is mostly based off of, you know, the coaching change and the quarterback Mm -hmm. change and all of the distractions, but you listen Mm -hmm. to the guys talk in the past few weeks, they're not distracted. They are Mm -hmm. very, very set on playing and playing well this year. I, I mean, you hear BG and Lane Johnson and all these guys come out and, you know, the media is kind of basically saying like, Why'd you decide to come? Like, why are you like back with the Eagles this year? Like Jason Kelsey decided to return and they, and they're all like, we don't have the impression that we can't compete. Like everybody seems to be suggesting. So that's something that stood out to me. I love hearing that. And that's probably building my optimism about this team a little bit more. Right. Um, It's all about how it translates exactly what you were saying about, you know, turning the page and, you know, building that chemistry. So, you know, who's to say that this team can't, you know, catch on quick and maybe shock some people. I think it's also refreshing to know, because I thought Kelsey was going to fold it in, especially there was no, to me, motivation for him to want to risk his health and pull another muscle or whatever was going on in the beginning of the season, Um, especially, but at the same time, you realize he doesn't really have a true replacement as of yet. So it's almost like if he leaves, it is a huge hole um, because he's one of the most prolific ones we've had in a while. And I agree. I'm with you. It's good to hear their optimism. But like you said, there hasn't been a lot of continuity on the O-line. So it's like somebody needs to stay to kind of be that benchmark for the future guys to know, like, pick it up because you're going to either way you're going to be learning on the job no matter what. Yep. And we, I mean, we drafted uh, Dickerson, which pretty much shocked everyone, but it it makes a lot of sense as as far as uh, having an answer because you, you tend to take for granted a guy like Jason Kelsey. And then when he's gone, you're like, Oh, wow. We were lucky to have him. But if you have a guy replacing him, it's almost like it makes it a little more bearable maybe when he when he does decide to retire that you at least feel like there's an answer there um so definitely long game uh draft type of uh mentality when it came to the decisions that the eagles made um i was pretty surprised Mm -hmm. we've ignored the db position as much as we have but when it comes to the o-line i feel like we've got some answers and the younger guys coming in uh the guys that we saw last year like i was talking about a little bit ago um Mm -hmm. so as long as people can stay a little bit healthier than they were last year i mean i honestly think this team can make some people turn their heads and be like wow where did they come from um you hope so because they have a little better time of prep now think this year is important all this downtime because they like i said with the pandemic it's it's really affecting 
uh, chemistry if you do not if you're not able to see every player in a, in a huge clump before OTAs and everything start. And obviously, we see how that became a gap for Carson and the newer wide receivers because they couldn't produce worth a damn last year right so that is important you know all this preliminary stuff yeah and and even though like the eagles aren't doing those uh otas with actual like physical practicing they're in the build. they're right. still all in the building for the most part right i mean that's important we didn't have that last year even right so right. i mean absolutely it's great to see the guys the leadership on this team really stepping up and you know taking initiatives to um you know, help the guys that are coming in from the draft. I mean, that's a big draft class. So, uh-huh. you know, you've uh-huh. got guys like now Ryan Car- Kerrigan joining the D-line. and Oh, Jesus, I was shocked when I saw oh, that Oh, man, <laughs> trust me, I was Holy shocked crap. like you. Uh, Holy crap. You know, Lane is thankful because he's like, Jesus, I hated this dude. Now he's on my team. <laughs> that, that makes it a lot easier. But, I mean, let, let's, yeah. let's be honest. The, the Washington football team has Mm -hmm. the most insane like draft history when it comes to the d-line i mean they really didn't need him anymore so no they didn't it made sense for them to move on for sure right yeah it was just a luxury to keep i'm just happy he's not in their rotation anymore like i agree he was annoying oh god killed us every (laughs) year every year every year i swear i swear i have nightmares about Wentz ripping his jersey like him ripping his jersey that one time i was like what the hell (laughs) he's like pads all sticking out i'm like okay seriously this is how we're gonna introduce yourself (laughs) that was rude oh that was very rude (laughs) so as we've been a little bit alluding to um you know the 2021 schedule is looking pretty tough in the early part of it. Um, lots of travel. Uh, ending of the season's probably a little easier, but the bye week is in week 14, I think. Look, that is they're going to be dragging legs. That <laughs> is going to be dragging legs by that week. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you feel about the Eagles' chances to shock the league? Um, look, I'm like you. The, the, the first half of it, I'm just kind of like, um, they're going to need a lot of cortisone shots or, you know, meditation and acupuncture because we know how the first four games for all these teams has really ended up in like early injuries. So God. the last thing you need is a lot of crash, bang, boom before we even get to like Vegas week. Like I'm like more like thinking, damn, like, are we going to survive by week five? You know, like, but you got a lot of youths. You got a lot of youths. <laughs> so the youth. The Utes may save the vets who were sitting there going, oh, Jesus, we got to do this early. So maybe the speed factor will really help recovery (laughs) with some of these other guys who've been through this before. Um, But, yeah, they'll amaze me if they even split, like, the first five games, you know, because I honestly feel like it's it's a mental thing, too, though. That's why I say it's thank God for prep now and continuity now because that may not necessarily be – what does them in they may flip the script and like not start the way they did last year and have no ties please lord no ties because the tie was just freaking annoying bothered me it's so bad thing to do oh it just was such an annoying little pimple that you want to pop like through the whole season and so to answer your question i think they could shock the world but i'm very tentative about being too excited yeah because i know that physically that's already a lot of, I mean, especially when you get in our division, like Cowboys game is early this year. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? They're cocky because they got Dak back. And even if Dak doesn't really start right away or however they wean him back in, you know, they're all cocky now. So it's just, it's definitely going to be a mental, mental test for this new team because you all got to be hitting on all cylinders every game. And you have to consider you're learning alongside a new coach. Yep. So, yeah, I can understand why people can say, oh, they're going to be four and something. I always start eight and eight. With a prediction month. But now, now there's 17 games, though. You can't go eight and eight. But, exactly. <laughs> you're right. But either way, I'm like, that's how I used to start. But you're right. With that 17th game, it's going to be like, it's almost like that feeling of a tie. It's going to be that little, <laughs> last little annoying thing. It's like, why are you here? But it may help the rookies out again. Like I said, it may be their chance to kind of show what they maybe could or couldn't do earlier in the season. For sure. For sure. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. I I personally feel like the Eagles do have a chance to be an under the radar type team. Um, You know, just because, I mean, if they can shock, you may, you know, like the Falcons might not have Julio Jones week one, that would be a transition for their offense, trying to identify who they're going to be. Like if you can find, a team on the week you're facing them in a difficult situation themselves where they're yeah, trying to figure yeah. out what's going on with their own situation. Yep. Um, yep. You could, you know, win a few of those early on games and then, then everything in the later part of the season is totally winnable. I mean, exactly. the NFC East is kind of like who's going to win every right. year. Yep. Every year. It's a, it's a test of, it's a test of who decides to suck early first, in my opinion, <laughs> because our division is no different from every, every other uh, sport division in the East, because everybody can be on that level plane in hindsight. But then as the, as the year goes on, who's doing the dumbest mistakes at the most crucial time, the least. Yes. That's basically how I look at it. So if the Eagles decide to fumble the ball at the last minute, please let it not matter. You yes. know, when they have to meet that team later. So it's like who screws up the least it, to me is what's going to define the NFC East winner. It's <laughs> a great way yeah. to put it. I love that. It's, uh, it's the only way I can think about it. <laughs> I do uh, a segment on my show called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. I'm changing it up a little bit for our discussion, mm-hmm. but going to yeah. give you some options and then you decide who you think uh, fits the bill most. Okay. okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Best Eagles quarterback season, not career. In Eagles history, McNabb, Cunningham, Jaworski, or Vic? Oh my God. See, my heart always wants to say Vic because I feel like he, but he, here's the thing. I just feel like he had a flash in the pan year. But, but I'm asking McNabb, one season, you know? I know, I know. And, uh, I would say, I would say McNabb because honestly, He's one of he's one of those people that you cannot deny how prolific he's been, regardless whether he was injured, whether he threw a touchdown, I mean an interception at the weirdest time. I think McNabb was mostly the most prolific one on fire. Yeah. Um I mean in, in a season. I always tell people my favorite years of watching the Eagles were during the McNabb seasons. I mean Yeah. The those yeah. teams were always competing, always competitive, always felt like you were in it. And uh, that's largely in part because of McNabb. So I totally can relate to that one. Um, I always hear about uh, the two, the 1990 Cunningham season because I was only one. So I didn't watch it myself. I didn't, I didn't witness it myself, (laughs) but I always hear about him winning the MVP that season. 
Um, yeah. So that has to be in consideration for one of the uh, best seasons yeah, of a quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, it's it, mm-hmm. it is hard to not acknowledge the 2010 Vic season because that was his first season in Philly, and we were just like, whoa. Come on, he he he. That's why I say it was literally lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. when Vic was there. Like speed really was a factor with him. And call him a video game or not, he made that Eagle squad on like light up. So you know? fun and so fun, so fast though, because quickly it quickly diminished as quick as it came in. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean his first season with the Eagles, and he wasn't even the starter week one. He was nope. He was in for Cobb. I, I'm pretty sure yep. he got like concussed or something. And so yeah, then it was the Michael yeah. Vick show, and he should have won the MVP that season, in my opinion. I agree. He was in, he I was incredible. Um, incredible. All right, next question for you: Who do you believe is the best receiving threat in Eagles history? T.O., Jackson, Carmichael, or Westbrook? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this one stressed me out. <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I See, the thing with, D, with to Deshaun was he, he took off from the door. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, but then so did T.O. Um, I just feel like T.O. was more of a, a consistent threat the brief time that he was here, in my opinion. And I feel like everywhere he was, the ball went. And I don't think he ever really hesitated when he was out there on the field. Whereas I think Deshaun had some t- touchdowns or incidents where he could take back where he was showboating before he got in the end zone. <laughs> Everybody remembers that game. Yep. Um, Westbrook had mad, crazy moments. Um, he caught balls that I don't know how he found, especially that one in the Super Bowl where he threw or McNabb threw it under two defenders and you thought he was going to drop mm-hmm. it. And he literally caught it into the end zone. Great hand. Something about yeah, it was crazy. Every time I see that slow motion, I'm like, yo. But Tio to me, it wasn't even funny. Like it was just as soon as McNabb released, he was there. Boom. Definitely. And I feel like he was definitely more of a memorable target. You know, I mean, that's a credible lineup right there, period. But yeah, T.O., oh, Lord, it just makes you even more bitter that he left the way he did. But I mean, it was a very productive year. My answer would probably be T.O. if he had a longer career in Philly. For sure. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. He was unstoppable. I mean, he was injured in that Super Bowl and still the yep. best player on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. he was incredible. Um in in my opinion, Carmichael's definitely one of the under the radar options. Yes. Uh just because of his career in Philadelphia. Did you know that he is still to this day the tallest wide receiver in NFL history? I totally believe it though. And the fact Six, that eight. Alshon Yeah, Alshon wore his number and I just thought to myself, like, the way that Nick Foles and Alshon connected in the Super Bowl, it, it was very Carmichael like. Because mm-hmm. if you really think about it, I feel like uh, Alshon played with a basketball player and, you know, Nick being like a basketball player on the side in a way, it was like, yeah, like I see why he's always going to be known as that, that dude, like that wide receiver, like back in the seventies, like ridiculous amount of yards. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. He's definitely under the radar. You're right. Definitely. All right. So if purchasing a forever Eagles Jersey, which are you picking Cunningham Dawkins, Reggie white, Jerome Brown or Seth Joyner? Yeah, I love Seth Joyner too, but <laughs> I'm I can't front. I mean, because I wasn't really into football until until around the time that um, uh, McNabb and Dawkins came in. But Dawkins to me, I've always and I'm going to stay prolific with it. He is definitely to me 
the spirit of Philadelphia and the way the defense was always was then and should have stayed. So I would always get a Dawkins jersey. Totally. Um, he totally, there's a reason why people get annoyed now when you talk about him, but I'm like, I'm sorry. Like he really embodied what we don't have on the defense. Like we did when he was here. Like you relish all his antics because mm-hmm. there was a reason why we were sad when he got traded because we know just like in my dad's generation, my dad loved Jerome Brown. I got me and my sister got him a Reggie white Jersey for Christmas because he, he loved Reggie white, but there's always a story of when Reggie white left. So there's always a story about every player we love getting traded and never finishing their career here, yep. but they made such an impact, but Dawkins made an impact to me in my generation. Totally. So. Yeah. I would definitely say Dawkins was my absolute favorite Eagle to watch growing Mm up. I'm I'm the same as you. I I didn't have the full opportunity to watch guys like Cunningham or White or Jerome Brown. Um, So it is it's a shame because I love those jerseys. I think that style of jersey was better than what we've got going on now. I'm I'm clearly biased based off the name of my <laughs> podcast right but uh but uh you know i think uh dawkins you just go into the link and there's at least 40 50 people wearing that jersey still to this day still, always will always will you it's know. a great answer yep. um most mm-hmm. underrated eagles player of all time runyon trent cole acres uh macklin or troy vincent See, I was vacillating between um, Troy Vincent and Trent Cole because with 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 uh, Troy Vincent being obviously the head of the, the league, you know, um, I forget his official position, but um, obviously he's a factor, but he had such a small impact in that time that was a big impact. But with Trent Cole, to me, again, it's coming down to age in a way because Trent Cole, I remember the most. Mm-hmm. And I always used to think that he should have stayed here. Um, I felt like he added a lot, especially post Super Bowl loss, you know, and, and that new squad trying to emerge. And I feel like he left more of an impression to the point where I didn't understand why we just couldn't keep him, right. you know, just to finish it out. Um, but Trent Cole to me was very fierce and I think underrated. Um, there's a lot of players that left that only spent so much time here, but they, you just wonder like, why couldn't they just finish it out? Yeah. Just, there's so many like loose ends with some players, but yeah. Trent Cole to me was one of the guys that I enjoyed that I feel is under uh, underutilized and undervalued. I hear you. Um, one of the names that I always think of when people say like under the uh, underrated players, um, it for me it's always kind of like the D line O line because they are less mm-hmm. seen. Maybe they're right. not as flashy as other players. So for yep. me, Runyon signing with the Eagles in free agency in 2000 mm-hmm. really turned the tide. Um, he was a mm-hmm. uh, right tackle for nine seasons with the Eagles. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. L- never missed a game. He was constantly right. available. And, you know, now we know what it's like to have injuries on the O-line. We, <laughs> we yeah. appreciate when a good player Ooh. is a, out there playing at a high level and and Runyon definitely was that guy in, in my opinion for for so many he's years a massive man too in purpose in person like every time I saw him I was like holy crap it's like when the last time you've seen somebody that intimidating on the Eagles team like by themselves without pads like he's the dude that I would not f with no matter what you know? yeah if you needed a bouncer at a bar guy Ooh. like him would probably fit the bill very well yeah Absolutely. All right, this one might be hard, but I think it's kind of easy. In my opinion, it's kind of <laughs> easy. Best one-two punch in Eagles history. Staley and Bulkhalter, McCoy and Sproles, 
Westbrook and uh, Buckhalter are Blunt and Ajayi. Uh, I feel like with Blunt and Ajayi, obviously we didn't get to see them long and they both had significant injuries that didn't help, but Blunt obviously was he was the VIP, but the the one two punch to me had to be around the Westbrook Bullcalter realm because I feel like, and I don't remember who exactly was part of the three headed monster, but I know that was my favorite time in the Eagles regime was using the three headed monster because I used to always think that that was probably the best way to compensate for if we couldn't rely on the wide receivers all the time. But if to answer your question for that one, I would say Westbrook and Bullcalter because Bullcalter was crazy talented mm-hmm. at times he had some injury moments obviously too but Westbrook obviously has to be part of that picture because Westbrook pretty much defined that that time when McNabb and him were just on a whole nother level of communication when they played but add Buck Halter and some of those games now that I look back at him I'm like yo some crazy crazy footage of them in action just running through people yeah yeah it was crazy i like them as a as the one two punch it's hard to say blunt and ajayi a lot of people would probably say blunt and ajayi because we won the super bowl that year but it was everybody on that roster Mm -hmm. like the 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 running game was very much important but ajayi didn't come in until like halfway through the season so can you really can you really say that's the one two punch um right but you know it is you know uh you know we had sprolls go down during that season so ajayi came in and kind of finished it out but um i i loved watching blonde play i i wish that we kept it he's he is honestly my single season eagle favorite of all time yeah he, he's the general he he pretty much ran that ship because he already had a ring and he already knew what he had to do and um yeah he definitely he had a chip on his shoulder during our super bowl because of the patriots letting him go so yeah oh totally definitely like watching his hair on fire <laughs> totally i i heard a, a podcast recently that he was uh doing an interview for he said that the most special super bowl was his first one and but the yeah. most fun one was his his last one, which was great to hear because he said, you know, I obviously had a great game there uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was against my old team. So it was kind of fun on both ends. So love it. Got it. I gotta, I gotta hear more from these guys from the 2017 team. Cause me too. I feel like there's more to even dive in as many specials as they put out, but I feel like there's more stories. Yeah. Because that there was something going on that year that was cosmic, and and no one will be able to deny how great they were that year. No, no doubt for sure. Um, let's let's turn the page to the the coaching staff at the moment. Um, how are you feeling about uh, Sirianni's style and energy? Okay, so I'm trying not to be negative. I, I have because... a follow up question to this too. So. <laughs> Feel free to talk about how you feel about him. <laughs> okay, and my brief brief need to uh, vent. I'm I'm okay. I'll say this: I'm very happy to that he's excited, mm-hmm. but I think that what's not really translating is is whether it's genuine or whether or not he really just wants to prove to Philly that he knows what he's doing. I think that I think that. When you have interviews, are you with saying guys he's faking really... it until he makes it? Faking it until he makes it. You know why? Because he probably doesn't even know what the hell's going on right now. <laughs> I think he wants to put a positive vibe out there, which is great because we just lost somebody that we were used to for like five seasons, mm-hmm. and and then on top of that, a lot of stuff that was coming out from behind the scenes with this front office is starting to make you question every 
person who's been recast on this coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So I hate to say it, but it's like right now Nick is up Shit's Creek without a paddle because he he really kind of has to go against his fan, fan base that doesn't like change and is not impressed by his nervousness during these these early preliminary interviews, which I feel bad for him because they were mostly on Zoom and I don't feel he like he got to really feel the fans. He was kind of thrown to the wolves. And there's just been seem like there's a lot of disingenuous things going on that are coming out, which normally we don't see from behind the scenes of the front office. Right. So it's unfortunately a lot of stuff that Nick says is never going to really make you feel good until the minute you see these guys on the field, because you have to see if he translates because what Doug couldn't do from the Super Bowl on was sell to us that he knew what he was doing as far as was the chemistry between him and Carson really true or was it really mostly mostly with Nick? And also, and just I felt like Peterson people. didn't know how to decide on coaching staff himself. Yes, yes, that was obvious because now that it comes out that it seems like they didn't really trust him to begin with. And that's deflating on Doug's side. Um, but I was glad that he was let go since, simply for himself. Like, I don't feel like if you if you don't feel like they trust you, why would you stay right. there? Um, same thing with Wentz. Like if they want to make you compete against someone that you really didn't want to be replaced from the begin with, you know, to begin with, cause you were ready to keep going. Yeah. You don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. So the trust factor was gone. And there was an article written in, I think at the athletic or whatever about that. I just think Nick, as much as I want to believe his sincerity, nothing really matters until these players perform on the field to see if his style translates through the players. Now the follow-up question on that very much matches what you were just kind of talking about how do you Mm -hmm. think the players view his and his staff's approach I don't think he's really as much of a factor with the kids as much as they all want to I say kids because most of them are younger (laughs) but I think they already are determined to be like I'm going to prove not only to our coach but to our fans because I think mostly it's us they know that the fans really need some kind of assurance that this team knows what they're doing. Yeah. So I don't really think Nick's even a factor. I think it's good that they get along with him, but I think everybody's clearly working from square one. So at this point, I think the players are more just like, it is whatever. Like we got to, we got to put actions to words mm-hmm. and nothing any player can say through social media is going to make anybody feel better. Other than the fact that we got Devonta Smith, that's probably been the most encouraging sign of a, of a new coming staff. So I don't think it really matters whether Nick, is a factor or not. I think it just matters if the players mentally um, by the cell that he's trying to put out. And I think he's just generally trying to put out good energy. Yeah. And I think if that translates, that's better than nothing. The players need to buy in to a certain degree with this coaching staff for things to translate on the field. No question. Um, so right. totally in agreement with you on that. I, I mm-hmm. personally see it as a change of pace, uh, a, yeah. you know, like, it is a clean slate this year. So, I mean, it's just like kind of like a new boss coming in and mm-hmm. they're all, you know, going to be working hard regardless of who is calling the shots. But right. ultimately, I'm excited to see how they work together. I think development was stunted in the last regime. So Definitely. development is so crucial. If they are able to prove that they can develop the fan base is going to love this guy and this staff. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to see that because I would love to see these young guys get the opportunity to prove themselves. That would make me incredibly happy to, um, you know, talk about the development of these guys would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hate talking about guys not 
living up to the expectations all the time. And um, guys like Rager and um, yeah. getting called bust and whatnot after one season. I yeah, I don't love fun. that. So I'm all on fan. board with, you know, keeping positive energy mm-hmm. and speaking things into existence kind of. And that mentality seems to be where he's coming from as far as uh, his approach. So. Yeah, I would. I'm big on that. Put out good energy first and worry about everything else later, because I think with social media, especially Rieger, now that you bring him up, his energy was like going through social media so much on Twitter. I just want to be like, if you don't stop caring about what we say, because we don't know crap with y'all going through, you just better just put proof to power and just Mm -hmm. stop with the Twittering because the Twitter doesn't help you, but agitate you Mm -hmm. as a player. He was definitely using it as an outlet, but if he could, if he could take one lesson from last year or this off season or whatever's going on it's that he it's not an outlet to vent your frustrations it's not no. gonna it's no. not gonna prove anything to anybody um nope. fans are going to be reactionary regardless of what city regardless. you're in um but he's just got to prove himself on the field. That's all that will matter mm-hmm. in, at the end of the day. I know. Yeah. yeah. I don't want him to feel like the fans have given up on him. A lot of people are in his corner still. still. So yeah. I would personally love to see him turn the corner and and prove Me a too. lot of people wrong or tell everybody to shut up with his own play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what matters yeah. at the end of the day. I would love to see him yeah. shut up all the haters. So. Let's let's see yeah. that happen. I would love uh, for that to happen for him. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of another guy who's coming into his second season, Jalen Hurts says he doesn't plan on missing any payments. Do you think fans are buying what he's selling? Yes, because I think that everybody's, uh, well, most of the people who are anti-Wentz now are very much buying what he's selling because they like his confidence because that's something that you, if you put it out there from the door, which I think Jalen being a, a coach's kid, mm-hmm. I think he, and from Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, branch, I think that it's kind of already assumed he will, he will go out there with a chip on the shoulder because he's not there to sit on the sidelines. That's why it was such a big deal when he was chosen. Cause you know, if he comes in here, he's going to assume I'm going to be next up. You totally. know, because he just has that, he has that swagger from, the, and we miss that swagger. We need that swagger in a quarterback. He's got the mentality you know? to last in Philly. Yeah, for sure. He definitely. Look, he already knows. He knows what he's doing. He knows what city he ch- he's in now. And I think he's ready for the challenge. Cause at this point now, someone like him has seen probably the worst of it from the sidelines, how the crowd can be, how fickle the fan base can be. And you notice like bringing up social media again, I don't think he uses it to vent i think he uses it to just broadcast what he has to do on the community side how much he's loved where he came from how much mentality is important to him he got that bama media training for sure yeah yeah you i mean come on like i said I've, i've noticed now as a fan that mentality is more important than even the physical aspect of these of the football game so I like the fact that he's already coming in cocky as hell, mm-hmm. and I like it. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm down with it. I love yeah. it. Uh, definitely matches what the Philly fans are hoping for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of critics will say, you know, he doesn't have the arm talent, and they'll constantly yeah. compare him to what Wentz was here. And that's, mm-hmm. that's in my opinion, not fair because he is a mm-hmm. an incredible athlete, and I think that – not only is his arm going to make some plays, he's going to make a lot of plays with his legs. And uh, I'll be excited mm-hmm. to see what comes of that for sure. Yep. 
Absolutely. His preview kind of teased us during that uh, Saints game and the Cardinals game. So once that, mo- that once that line started moving better, once he ran, I said, oh, oh, oh snap, here we go. Yeah. Now he'll yeah. now in t- 2021, he'll have a real O-line playing in front of him mm-hmm. that is going to, mm-hmm. p- fingers crossed, have a fingers lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, cohesive uh, practices and game right. time action. So that mm-hmm. alone should bump him up. You know, Miles Sanders coming into year three. Can't wait yep. to see what those two do together in the backfield and what Sirianni yep. has up his sleeves as far as the wide receivers because that's kind of his uh, his go-to position when it comes to the yeah. the whole roster. So definitely a lot going on yeah. with this team. I think he'll be motivated to show off. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, building up to the 2021 Eagles season. Uh, can't wait to see what they do. Uh, that is all we have time for today, folks. So I appreciate you uh, tuning in. I appreciate AJ for coming on to chat with me about everything with this team. Thank you so yes, much for listening and tune in to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes and go check out AJ's podcast for yourself you are on twitter at what is your handle again i'm now but i'm now elena janine a-l-a-n-a-j-n-e-e-n just because twitter's a hater and cancel my old page (laughs) And, and your podcast is birds of a feather birds of a feather yes you can see me on all the platforms because spotify you know drops on all the other podcasts even for iphone people so yeah (laughs) iphone people love it love it love it yes go check out her podcast (laughs) go check out her podcast go check out eagles unfiltered for the latest episodes uh for all you have to enjoy about this football team so fly eagles fly thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.